You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 255, brought to you by InStock Trades and iFanboy listeners like you. Welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 255. I am Josh Flanagan, and I'm here with Ron Richards. We've run out of characters now, after 255. I have not. That's a computer joke. Oh. Sorry, carry on. I thought I thought because I wasn't doing a character. Oh, no, no, no. 255 characters in the ASCII characters. Okay, anyway, go on. Carry on. Fucking nerd. <laughs> and Connor Kilpatrick. Hi, Josh. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to start off with Good that. Good to have kind you of, back. Yeah. I don't... Wow, that was – I don't know if I believe that. Thanks for coming to work, Josh. <laughs> I was – listen, I just gave the people what they wanted. Still waiting for the doctor's, doctor's note, Josh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carol, Carol from HR has been uh, – been Can't s- take off Fridays without a doctor's note. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's not just that I was sick. It was that that was the only time we could do that because of everybody else's schedule. Anyway. Uh, no, I think no we need cares. to do this here. No we need to do this now. What did Carol say? What did it's Carol been, say? Keep it's it, been keep it building up. You're right. <laughs> We have to have an HR rep present when we have these conversations. You, you know that. You got the email. She's, she's always here. I always have my webcam on. And, and just a little like frowning face in the corner. Listen about that. Car- Carol actually needs to talk to you about that. I work without pants. You know that's in my contract. All right. Anyway. iFanboy.com is our website. It's about comic books because we like them very much. We read them every week. We read all of our Wednesday releases, our polls, as it were. And one of us has to pick the one that they like best. We call that the pick of the week. A review goes up, and then we talk about that on this show, which is why we titled it that. But then the other books from the week and some other stuff that we like to talk about. Before we get going, here's your warning. We're going to talk about what happens in the book, so there'll be spoilers ahead, folks. Use the show notes if you need to skip around like the minefield that that is for you. So if you're worried about that, that's the deal. Ron, go. Yes. So the pick of the week this week was uh, Uncanny X-Force number one by Rick Remender and Jerome Pena. Um, and I got to admit, you know, while... I had high hopes for the book. I was uh, wasn't quite sure whether they'd be able to pull it off, and and boy, did they pull it off, and and more more than I could ever have expected or anticipated. Um, this is picking up uh, this uh, this series is picking up the after the ashes of the X Force team being disbanded, the previous Wolverine, Warpath, X twenty three team, the the Cyclops' kill squad that was so controversial during uh, the the last crossover. And basically, uh, Wolverine and Archangel decide they need to continue it, and so they they can they need a team that will take the extreme measures, and they uh, recruit Psylocke and Phantom X and Deadpool to be on the team. And um, yeah, that's basically the setup. And this first issue launches us into the first story arc, which uh, seems to be dealing with the return of Apocalypse, which is always heavy stakes, considering that both Archangel and Wolverine have been tampered with apoc- tampered with by Apocalypse before. Um, and I, I gotta admit, you know, like Deadpool, Phantom X, 
immediate turnoffs for me, and that was a big thing going into it. And I said, all right, let me put this, you know, put that aside. And uh, I heard a lot about this book. You know, uh, Remender was talking about it. He talked to us about it in San Diego, and uh, we talked to him in early in September about the book. And he's really tapped into something here, and I think it's really interesting to see how, after now a couple of years of being at um, at Marvel and writing, you know, characters like the Punisher and and Doctor Voodoo and things like that, you know, he's kind of this is kind of Remender stepping up into the big leagues. I mean, he's writing Wolverine, which is you know a very recognizable character. Which and one is Wolverine? The one with the claws. Oh, yeah. which one is that? Anyway, um, and he really, I mean, he, he he when we talked to him at, uh, in early September, he was saying that this, you know, while the while the um, while the X Force is a very action oriented team, this is really going to be like you know uh, very deep in characters, and it really was. There was a lot of a lot of dialogue, but not too much dialogue, and and it provided just the right balance of insight and conflict and. Um, relationships between the team members and where you really kind of here in the first issue understand their motivations and understand what they're doing and why they're doing it and hell even Deadpool and Phantom X weren't annoying I mean he you know he really wrote him in the a way the hell you say yeah he wrote him he wrote him in a way that was really kind of enjoyable um, and what I th- what the the two things that really impressed me by this is that a this is a great jumping on point I mean, obviously it's the first issue, but like, even if you know barely anything about these characters or curious about the X-Men, I would actually say this now, you know, we'll see how issue number two goes, but this now right, might be my go-to kind of, you want to read X-Men, go pick up a Kenny X-Force, you know, because it's a little edgy, it's a little darker, but it's um, a lot of fun to read, um, and Jerome Pena killed it on this issue. He was fantastic. Um, almost to the point where if you had, you didn't tell me who the artist on this book was, I almost wouldn't have been able to say, oh, that's a Pena. You know, and I don't know if he changed his style, or but it looks different than Fear Agent. It looks different than Punisher. Um, well, it looks, it looks similar to Moon Knight, but but still a little bit different. But yeah. similar enough to Moon Knight, where I mean, I bought it. I'd say seventy-five percent because Opeña drew it. Right, and um, and not only was Opeña's um, pencils just amazing, but Dean White on colors. What a mm-hmm. great balance. Um, my biggest my biggest qualm with the first uh, X Force series was that it was all so dark, and you know it was kind of Clayton Crane was the first artist on it, and it was, they all had that the you know the muted black and gray costumes with the red eyes, and every page was just so so muddy. And this actually had a lot of color in it, and and uh, Dean White, you know picked his spots for a really dynamic, you know, like the, the flowing of gr- that green water liquid running down the wall, like, you know, like these little bursts of colors that, that balanced out the page um, really, really in an effective way. So, um, yeah, this was a lot of fun. I, I bought it. I really liked it a lot. Uh, I, I have, you know, a pretty good X-Men knowledge, so I was able to follow pretty well. I know these, that Apocalypse is a big deal. I know Apocalypse made Archangel the way he is, and he's the whole first half is basically Archangel – you know, fighting his inner demons, which is the fact that Warren is infected by the, I guess, by the archangel, and it's his, it's his demon side or his evil the side. Hor- he, hor- former horseman of apocalypse. Yeah. Right. So he's he's constantly dealing with that, and Psy- Psylocke, his current girlfriend's helping him deal with that psychically, and so that you know leads obviously to the apocalypse showing up. And yeah. I know I hate I hate Deadpool. I, hate, I don't hate Phantom X. I don't have an opinion about Phantom X, but. Yeah. I think it's all right to have characters in a big group dynamic that you don't like because they add spice to the mix. You sure. don't want, yep. you don't want to like everyone. Because then there's not a lot of tension. I mean, sure, you can have a team like the Avengers or the Justice League where you, you like everyone on the team, but you've got to have a grumpy guy on the team that, that causes trouble. And here you've got Deadpool who's not grumpy but is just an idiot yeah. and causes, causes tension in the team. And, and as the reader, you want people to, not, to like. It's like the Damien Syndrome in Batman and Robin. Right. Um, this is just a lot of fun. It's, 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 I would call it rollicking. 
it's a bunch of characters who get thrown together to fight fight this bad guy, and then and then there's funny jokes and there's interplay and there's a lot of action. I could see that. I could go with Rollicking. I could back yeah. you on that. It's a Rollicking yeah. good time. I yeah. thought it was a lot of fun, and Rollicking is just. Amazing. He's constantly moving up the list of best best guys working right now. Yeah, that's the real story. I mean, like in the early in the issue when uh, Phantom X is breaking into the Tower of London to steal the crown jewels, and he opens the safe, and there's Wolverine. I was like, oh, that looks like he drew a great Wolverine. Yes. And like you can see the texture and the costumes, and just like all the little details and things like that. Like this guy's insanely good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it's it, you know, and and like I said, you know, like Dead, Deadpool. Actually, I found myself kind of chuckling a couple of times. Like it, the thing, the thing about Deadpool is that you can't, you know, sometimes people go way too far with him. Um, and I think Remender's got the right balance where kind of less is more is almost better. He's also um, not, on, he's not on every page. Yeah, exactly. So and it helps that Remender's genuinely a really funny guy. So yeah, it translates to a funny character. You know, Joe, he's a right? he's a sicko. When Joe, when Joe Kelly, when Joe Kelly, I'm, I'm avoiding any basement references. When Joe Kelly wrote him, people liked it. And he's genuinely funny too. So it helps when you when you have a writer who's genuinely very funny. Yeah. So person. what you're saying, right, is I if I is the uh, Daniel Way is not. I don't know anything about Daniel Way. That's that, not Reddit. No, I'm just saying he's not funny. All I know is that <laughs> Joe Kelly's run got a lot of acclaim. I don't know anything about Daniel Way's run. I don't. Yeah, not funny. It. Not funny. I'm not. All, all opinions are Ron Richards' opinions. But yeah, but so so the back of the issue has got a great kind of uh, primer on X Force and gives you everything you need to know. Um, probably a little too much, if you ask me, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> what does Steve Rogers think about them? <laughs> well, they were hoping people would jump on who've never read a book before. Yeah, and I, and honestly, and you know, while I know I'm a little biased in terms of my, you know, I'm a fan of the X Men and stuff like that, I would say jump on, give this a shot if you're curious. I mean, like the the art is amazing, and and it's a like I like the back in the day, at least on the X books. I don't know if this, I, I don't know enough about the Avengers to know if they carried through this, but the X-Men teams always kept a strict either five-person or seven-person team roster up until like the early 90s. And it's been a while since we've had a tight, pared-down five-person team. And it gives just the right amount of balance between, um, you know, each character getting their moments. And Yeah, it was, it was yeah. a good time. So. Yeah, it was really well really well balanced. So I had I had meant to buy this. Like at the beginning of the week, I was like, I don't know, and then I was like, No, I think I think I'm gonna try because I I don't I don't know anything about this stuff, and I'm not entirely sure I care. But I was like, and then and then I forgot to put it on my pull list because I just don't see it. And then I got to the store and I was like, All right, I'm gonna buy that, and I completely missed it again. And a lot of that, a lot of that going around this week. I can't train myself to look at X books. It just it's a blind spot. I forgot to buy Hulk. I keep two weeks in a row. I'm meant to go back and pick up Hulk after you talked about it. Uh. I keep forgetting. Um, and it's funny because I think it's how I always seem to draw the pick of the week card when Scalp comes out. <laughs> would have been would have that would have been my pick. Yeah, I, I I sent out a tweet uh, on Wednesday that said uh, this is the best book being published, and every time an issue comes out, that's what I think. Uh, Connor, I mean, you read it, right? Yeah, I thought it was interesting. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Wolverine later in the show, but I thought it was an interesting contrast in Jason Aaron yeah. between Wolverine and Scalp because Scalp is very, very, very spare. Mm-hmm. Whereas this issue, this issue Wolverine was just chock full of words, and not necessarily in a bad way. It was just interesting to see the two different styles between one writer. I just we're at forty-one issues into Scalped, and uh, he's sort of going from the past to the future, you know, the past to the present. And there were, I would say, at least five pages, panels, moments in this issue that I was just like, Jesus, yeah, and, and in in a good way. Meaning, it was just like the way that he wrote these characters and these relationships um, from the scene at the beginning, which is just uh, Gina, which is Dash's mom, and a really rough scene with a coat hanger. Uh, and, pregnancy, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then the scenes, all of the, uh, I don't know, I don't know the character's name off the top of my head, but the, 
Dashiell's the, father. His dad. Uh, yeah. The and just the, the way that that whole relationship was, it should have been an also ran. It should have been boring because, I, I mean, you've seen that kind of story a billion times, uh, but it wasn't. Uh, well, the, the strength of this book beyond the art from Arm Guerra, who was just that's a really good point. Amazing, but art. the strength, but the strength beyond that is that Jason Aaron's knows these characters so well. Oh. So all he has to do is put two of them into a scene and have them just talk, and it's really entertaining and it's fascinating and it captures all of your attention. And it doesn't need you don't need to have any action, even when there is action, mm-hmm. it's fantastic. But you don't need it. Just the conversation between Dashiell and his father, yeah. where Dashiell's father, who doesn't really know him all that well, just totally psychologically breaks him down in one page. Yeah. Just totally says, I know everything about you. You're just like me and breaks out every, every little quirk and foible about him and just devastates him. And then the stuff between Shunka and Red Crow, uh-huh. I still like to say Shunka, yeah. um, was great. And even, even, even with few, much, much fewer words, just the silence and the looks. and the, and the, He's really good with silent pages in the panels. Yeah. And and issue. it should be noted that I think that, you know, we mentioned Gara, but Gara's acting, we'll call it that, is it's exceptionally strong in this issue. Mm. Uh, and, and I think it's better than it has been. It's almost smoothed out a little bit. I'm just looking at some of the faces and like it's the scene that takes place out in the snow with, with Dash and his, his father talking to each other. Uh, and then finally, the, the last sequence in this uh, is, is exceptionally well done. The sort of second to last page of the two cars passing each other. Yes, I was like, that is, that is one hell of a page, and if you look on the very last page, um, the shot of Dash where he says "Hey" and then she says "Hey," um, he's almost smiling, and I was like, but he's not really smiling. But he's just started starting. I think to, he's smiling as much as Dash can possibly smile. It's, I was gonna say it's the only time I've ever seen him not grimacing. Yeah, uh, and so that that was notable. Uh, it's just, I was just another great issue, but every issue is like this. Um, I'm glad I didn't have to write a pick of the week for it again because I'm out of things to say. <laughs> uh, but really, I'm mean, wonderful, wonderful stuff uh, the whole way through, and, and it's, it's every issue is like this, and I, I, it's got to be the best thing for for my money. I kind of like the fact that there isn't, there's not really an overarching story to scalped. It's just sort of the story of people. Yeah, and there are things that happen and there's plots, but it's not like Why the Last Man where there was a story. Mm-hmm. Or Ex Machina, where there's a story, or think, or those Transmetropolitan, where I'm thinking of the long, you know, vertical. yeah. But there is. I mean, it's got. A, there's an end game. Sure, but the thing is, it's it's not like you're following this trail. Mm-hmm. It, the trail keeps branching off in different directions, and you go in a different way for a while, and you come back. I mean, it's ultimately it's about Dash and, and Red Crow, probably. But mm-hmm. we haven't really dealt with that in a while because we've been doing the other, yeah. other things. So, and in, 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 on the whole, there's probably an overall all story, but it's the most basic level it's just about these people on this reservation yeah and how they deal with each other which and i like there's things that they have to work out i mean basically yep. dash yep. Or... yeah <laughs> yep. yeah right. uh you're not the one keeping me up you're not the one waking me up in the morning how's that right. okay um, anyway very good uh hawkeye mockingbird number five also came out and i had a realization about this book this time Oh, yeah, uh, the, the, the last four pages in this issue are the, are the best four pages of the series so far. And they were actually, like I read them and I was emotionally affected, yeah, uh, especially totally. the last couple pages. Um, and like, I felt it. I was like, oh, wow. And yeah. like I get a little chill. And uh, I realized that um, while it was, com- it was completely well done uh, and I was actually familiar with the story that had gone on before it, I am not terribly interested in the Phantom Rider story. Right. Yeah, that was my problem with this. Yeah, that's, um, that's the thing. It's got to focus on Hawkeye and Mockingbird, and that's when it's its strongest. And, and, and like, you know, that's for longtime Hawkeye Mockingbird fans, I, and I've never really been a giant Mockingbird fan so much, but um, 
like this is this is stuff that needed to be dealt with and this is their story and this is how you break them down and that's that all has to be there but like I don't think I was terribly invested in those characters especially those villains like I just I, you know I, I don't know Crossfire Crossfire is sort of silly um <laughs> like that, like, he's just a, he's a you know he's dead shot from Marvel it's yeah, just exactly. it's, yeah. it's to me it was it was it was I don't, I don't want to sound negative because I enjoyed it, but it's, it's, there's a lot of characters in here, and I only really care about a couple of them. Well, and the, but that's the thing is that in this one, I really thought that, and it, you know, sometimes it takes a little while to build up to that. Sure. But in this one, there was a moment, there were, there were some fantastic character moments, especially near the end with Clint uh, when he finally, you know, he's, he's shooting arrows into Crossfire, and he, he, you know, he's like, which one's your trigger finger? And, you know, and he goes through that, and he does the other thing with the eye. Yep. And, like, that was all real good stuff. And then the last few pages... Uh, the sort of quiet conversation that that Clint and Bobby have, and then followed by the un- the the underlying conversation that's happening after uh, Captain Steve shows up. Mm. You know the the stuff that isn't said, and then and then the last page just just punched you. I thought I thought it was a wonderful thing. Uh, it was a really a really good end of of the issue. But I I, I think that that is maybe a little bit what's been lacking. It's been good, but. Because it's an adventure book, it's been all about the adventure and the action, and that's right. that's not my bag. And, and there's a, and there's a lot of people who were either just being introduced to, or we have vague, um, you know, connect, you know, knowledge or you know, history with, um, at best. And and that that's been, you know, I do agree is that I think there's been a lot of people over the span of these first five issues, and really what it comes down to is it's Hawkeye Mockingbird. That's who the that's what the, mm-hmm. the title of the book is, and that's what it should focus on. I mean, yeah. it's good to have a cast of characters, but, like, um, I think they've got to be developed a little more before we really care as much as we do that, as we do about the lead characters. So. Well, I, I also, I just think that, I mean, it's an action-adventure book, yeah, and if, exactly. if that, and that's, that's not my thing so much. Like, it's fun a little bit, but if that's what it all is, and that's what it all was, it's hard to make an emotional connection to that. Yeah. Uh, um, and so when they sort of go back the other way and they really get into what those characters are doing, uh, especially after you spend some time with them. I mean, maybe that's why it worked. But it was a, it was a great ending of the arc. Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, the arc's not over. One more issue. Is it? Oh. To be concluded, it says at the end. That, that usually means there's another one coming. Yeah. Well, it's an ongoing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see after the Widowmaker event. <laughs> But we I don't it. believe they can kill either of these characters anytime soon. Yeah. That would be <laughs> the book. On the other hand, it would be dis- like we're hoping. Yeah, we're hoping it stays, sticks around. I mean, we, we're very, very hopeful. But um, yeah. Now, so. every, every time Shield comes out, with Shield number four came out this week. Oh, don't say a bad word about it this week. I keep thinking I should just drop this book from issues and read it in trade because it's so dense. There's so much going on. Oh. I really feel like I lose this, the thread, but this issue was was pretty good. This issue was I I want this all the time. Come on, you've got you've got Spaceman Leonardo da Vinci talking to Elder Isaac Newton, and then you reveal later in the issue that Nostradamus has been held hostage, and you get this fantastic two page spread of all of his predictions and how it applies in the Shield universe, and Ben Franklin with a little Shield medal on his on his jacket, and the uh, it was it sounds- awesome. Sounds like I already read this when I read Neil, Stilv- Neil Stevenson's The Baroque Trilogy. I could see that. <laughs> That's all, all that I can say is whatever you just talked about right there made me want to read that again. Yeah. Well, I, I, all I got to say is that when I hit Nostradamus, I, was just, I just started giggling. I thought it was great. It was like this is like living in the, in the, in the History Channel. It was awesome. Um, and it's the fact that Hickman's writing this all into the Marvel Universe. Like, I'm that's what I'm infinitely curious about. Is like we we've got a mention of Celestials, um, you know. So there's we're starting to see little hooks into the Marvel Universe. I just want to know how it catches up to now. 
You know, well, that was actually the part where I didn't care as much as when the Celestials showed up yeah. when they when they were talking. It was it was the other stuff I really enjoyed. I enjoyed the D- Leonardo da Vinci and the Nostradamus stuff, but it was it was the Celestial mumbo jumbo that came in the middle that I didn't really care so much about. Um, and and pro- <coughs> again on the art side, props to Dustin Weaver. He, I mean, he um, he I th- he's doing great. I think that's really one of the underrated things about this about this is that he's doing straight up normal like, kind of comic book. You know, panels and layouts with the with the Da Vinci stuff, but then it goes to the flashback to uh, China and totally changes, uh, not totally changes style, but goes to a different style to reflect that time period. Mm. Um, and then you know the, the, the that two page spread of the sun and Da Vinci that painted oh it just looked amazing. You know, like so I, the art really impressed me as well. Um, and I love this two page spread with Nostradamus. I just love Nostradamus. <laughs> there you I, go. I, 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 when I went in high school. I, after seeing a History Channel special on him, I, I took out the book of all of his quatrains and read them all, and I was like obsessed for like a month. So he really did predict everything. Sure. He predict a lot of stuff that also didn't happen. Yes. <laughs> well, it's also open to interpretation. It's because, like a palm reader. Yeah, exactly. I like the the the, uh, the fourth one, the, the Nazi holding the spear of destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. A lot of Nazis this week. Oh, we're gonna get to that. Oh yeah. This we're week. Get to that. This is this, this. There's been a Nazi research. No, but this particular week there yeah, were a lot of there Nazis. There was a lot of Nazi. Yeah, there was. Um, anyway. not in Batman Odyssey number four. No, not at all. So I think there was drug use. <laughs> I finished on the, on the part of whom? Neil Adams. I finished <laughs> reading this issue and I thought, man, whatever he's on, I want a part of. I want a piece of that. <laughs> this book is nuts. It's totally crazy. It just gets it's, crazier and crazier with every issue. I describe it as like one of those strange 1250 Saturday Night Live sketches <laughs> that they put on. That they, you know, the sort of wacky one. It's not going to hurl a he boy. It's not going to get a laugh, but it's just going to be weird. And just a bunch of random strange characters keep popping up for no apparent reason, having strange conversations full of non sequiturs. This is a bizarre book. That's a really good description of it, actually. Now that I think you just nailed it. I think that's my. I'm gonna totally going to steal that description from you. <laughs> the highlight of this issue being uh, uh, a mulleted. Strangely costumed Aquaman showing up at the end, <laughs> um, and then Batman and him getting an argument for no reason, and Batman jumps into the water. This, this, this is Connor. This is your X Men Forever. It totally is. Oh, it totally is. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is a bizarre, bizarre book. Yep. Are you enjoying it? I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's fun. To, it's fun to look at too. I mean, Neil, oh, it's gorgeous. Yeah, I mean, some of Neil Adams' best work in recent time, as far as I can tell. Um, and it's it's totally fun to look at. Um, it's insane, which makes it even better. <laughs> but everyone's yelling at each other for no reason about weird things, and oh, it's just it's, there's it's, a lot of yelling. A lot of yelling in the book. A lot of yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Well. But um, it's I'm, just strange. I'm, needs for, I'm for one glad that it's going to run what 13 issues. Yeah, they added some more. <laughs> Because <laughs> the story was too big, <laughs> couldn't contain it all. And what was it? Ten? The original? Yeah, it was ten. Was the original number? So they added that's a, three that's more. A, that's a lot more. <laughs> yes, it is. That's like what sixty pages. Woo! And he's, it's <laughs> not like he's skimping here. It's not like he's doing a you know decompressed style. There's a lot of stuff going on on each page. All we gotta say is thank God Frank Miller flaked. Dude, the Earth is expanding, and so is the story. What can you do? <laughs> well, when when Batman Odyssey finally finishes, you'll be able to go uh, pick up the trade paperback, and you can get that from InStockTrades.com. Uh, we want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. Um, you can save up to thirty seven percent off, and they've got free shipping on orders over fifty dollars. Uh, they've got over nine thousand trade paperbacks in stock and are ready for you to order. Um, they got new releases every Wednesday. If you haven't been reading Scalped, which is fantastic, you can go pick up the trades for Scalped um, and get that. The orders usually ship within forty eight hours, and and you can get all that, do your ordering, do your searching, get that all at www.instocktrades.com. 
You so, think there will be a Batman Odyssey Absolute Edition? I would pay. I would buy that. Not you just just you. Yeah, just me. <laughs> just you. Only you. <laughs> so Wolverine number. Will two. you buy a thousand of them? <laughs> no, I won't. All right, then there will be free, free shipping though. So <laughs> orders over fifty dollars. Will somebody buy a thousand of them from in stock trade? Our new challenge to you <laughs> is to pre-order a thousand non-existent Batman Odyssey Absolute editions <laughs> when, when it comes out <laughs> and, do it now <laughs> in a, in a two years when it, that potentially could happen <laughs> three 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 right yeah <laughs> least. this book's insane <laughs> <laughs> so wolverine number two jason aaron's uh, second issue on his uh newly minted on un, un, no adjective wolverine nazis uh, in series. this one there were Nazis. Nazis in this one. I, I, actually, I really liked this. I really uh, liked it a lot, too. Totally, I liked it more than the first one. Yeah. Totally different uh, tone from Scalp that we were talking about earlier. Uh, Wolverine goes to hell. I feel like you guys were a little more skeptical about this at the end of the last issue. Yes, we were. Um, but I, a couple of things that occurred to me here. A, I, I don't read Wolverine all that regularly, but I knew almost every character that showed up in some way, which I think is really interesting. Yeah. Um and I don't know if that's the way it was written or just that he's so ubiquitous, but or if you've just read a couple of stories. But um, the other thing was that I think there was a lot of doubt about Renato Gaddis being the right guy for this. Yeah, and he's I, really good. This looks really fantastic. Good. Yeah, I, just, I, I totally turned a corner on the art. I thought that I thought the art was great um, in, in this issue. I, I totally have, I've, I've pulled back anything I said about Gettys. Although I do got to say I did have one complaint that when um, Mystique and Wolverine's girlfriend were uh, arguing, and then you turn the page and there was the two Ghost Riders and Hellstrom. I thought that was the end of the issue. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, it keeps going. Ghost Rider cliffhanger. Oh, wait a minute. He's just no. I, I was so glad that it wasn't. I was like, oh, that's lame. Oh, it's not the end. That's fine. Yeah. Uh, thank God I knew who Puck was now, though. Yeah. Ah, so there thanks, you go. Ron. I, 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 ho- I hooted when Puck was there. I was like, hey, yeah. Puck. I was, I was like, this is vaguely familiar. Oh, he says it's Puck. That's helpful. So who's the other guy? Do you know? I do not know who the other guy is. I think it's. it might be um, – I have no idea who it is. Oh. Well, because he refers to him as the boy and Reckon. It might be is – it, is it, don't tell me it's somebody from Origin. At least it's, on that it's last – Skinner Sweet. Yeah, it, 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 on that last panel though, he has a tiny baby arm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he does. That's weird. He's, he's like a thalidomide baby. It's not right. <laughs> oh, that's Ooh. awful. That's the worst thing I've said today. It really is. Yeah. Um, I was really, I was really, while well, I enjoyed the backup, the Yukio backup. Um, or I didn't, the, I didn't like backup. it as much as the last one. Yeah. No, I, I missed the Jason Latour's art. Like, yeah. uh, oh, the Jason. Uh, I want a full book by Jason Latour now. That was so good. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, no, this was really enjoyable. It was good. Um, so the uh, Image Comics put out the uh, CBLDF Liberty Annual, um, the the annual uh, every year for the past couple of years. They put out a single issue uh, to help raise money for the CBLDF. Uh, I thought it rotated amongst the companies. No, no, it's mainly an image. It's it's been an Is image it? for the sure. Past three years. Yep. I thought it was Dark Horse the first year. Yeah, and it's been Image for the past two or three years at least. So I don't think that's accurate, but go ahead. Yeah, it, it is. Anyway, but um. Uh yeah no this was this was great I mean for four ninety nine um you get I mean look at all the names that are in it you got a a great Derek Robertson Conan story um you, you got uh the first new milk and cheese uh, story in years um you got uh you, if for everybody curious about Jeff Johns writing things other than DC characters you have Jeff Johns Scott Collins doing X Ray um and then some great pinups by like Frank Miller and Terry Moore and Jeff Smith and Scotty Young and Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor and um, yeah, it's just I mean it, it, for four, for five bucks going to a uh, going to a, a good cause like this, it's good to see all the all the publishers get together and all the creators get together. Um, I don't know, hard to, hard to argue. So if you haven't picked this up, I'd strongly recommend it. Um, did you guys pick it up or no? 
Yeah, and I, I don't feel like I can, ju- you know, judge a book like this normally because it's a charity book. Sure, exactly. Yeah. So I'll just say it was a, it was a comic book. Yeah, I mean it was fun. I got I got a lot out of it. I definitely felt as if I got five dollars out of it. So. Okay. Um, yeah. Someone did at least. <laughs> I, I I'd like to point out that by not saying anything, <laughs> you've you've said something. I'm gonna guess New Mutants Forever number three is uh, okay. Here's the thing. Pick. Here's the thing. New Mutants Forever number three, um, which I don't think I'm not I'm 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 I have to check the sales numbers, but I might be the only person buying this. Um, like it might be the only audience in the world. Um, this we we're talking about Nazis before. There were a lot of Nazis in this issue. <laughs> <laughs> like, like to the point where I talked to somebody at Marvel today, and they're like, "Did you read New Mutants Forever?" Like, there were a lot of Nazis, weren't there? And I was like, "Yeah, there were." I'm like, "How are you guys getting away with that?" For some reason, Claremont has decided in his little alterna pick off pick up where I left off universe to pit the New Mutants against the Red Skull and Nazis in South America. And literally on every page, there's a swastika. Doesn't sound like there's anything necessarily wrong with that. No, I mean it's it's crazy fun. It's insane, but like it got to you, the po- point where halfway through, I'm like, I'm tired of seeing the swastika. Like it's almost like the artist went yes. out of his way to, to make <laughs> that's sure. Correct. <laughs> you have thought that's that is the absolute proper response to the swastika. There are just a lot of swastikas. Like so, yeah. the red the red skull uh, captured uh, um, what's her face, uh, Doug Ramsey and and Amara. Um, magma, and so they're so now they're like clad in Nazi paraphernalia, and like it's just like it's just ridiculous. It's like this, like X Men Forever is sane compared to this book. Do you think that they've uh, they're starting to stretch the Forever banner? Well, Maybe. this is this is a limited series. It's only five issues, so okay. yeah. like like X Factor. But I thought you didn't like this one. I remember you talking about it. No, it, really it, hasn't been, it hasn't been as good. It's not. It's, it's definitely not as good. Also, I didn't have as much invested in the um, in where Claremont left off with the New Mutants as others might have, or I'm not sure. But interesting thing that I just noticed was that on the cover, um, the Nazi characters they took off the swastika off their off their uh, costumes on the cover. So yes. they can. So they, just, can, so they could actually sell some comics. So they could sell it in Germany. <laughs> from what I understand. So many Nazis. Too many Nazis. So. Uh, Sweet Tooth number 14, I thought, was, uh, was very good. It ramped up uh, what's been happening uh, a lot. Everyone's sort of been sitting around doing what they're doing. And, and, and you know, you get to know everybody and everything's fine. But in this one, I thought that uh, what you're seeing is Sweet Tooth, the character, like, take a step forward. Yeah. And grow up and, and start to move. And then there, you know, this big stuff happening over with Jeopard. And uh, I, I really liked it. I was like, all right, yeah, we're moving now. It's good. It was, so, definitely, it was definitely a movement issue. It was definitely like I felt I felt as if like not a whole lot happened. Well, really, if you well, no, if you look at from from the beginning to end, I mean, yes, I mean, yes, things happened and that they escaped and that Jeopard and, and the other people kind of, you know, started their, you know, kind of their trek. But like but in a short time span, I guess is what I'm trying to say is that the story moved forward a lot. Yeah, well, and and that's that's the thing about the way that Lemire does these issues, I think. Yeah. But you know, big things happened. Yeah. You know, they they got out, they abandoned the guy who let them out. Sweet Tooth clubbed the thing to death. The, the crocodile. Yeah. The sewer. Uh, I was I was trying to help the the trade waiters there. Oh, sorry. Uh, and and then and then this weird sort of relationship that Jeopard's got going on with these girls, and then this this group of mask wearing weirdos. Yeah. yeah. We have we have an army. <laughs> uh, but also, but just uh, like I, I just thought that Lemire's art actually took a couple of steps forward in this one yeah, too. Agreed. It, it looked really good. strongest one in a while. Yeah, I think he yeah, pushed so. himself. Yeah, uh, and yeah. It worked out well. So uh, great issue. Great yeah, issue. Very very good. 
Right, I have this next one too. Uh, Baltimore Plague Ships number three. This is the thing that Mignola is doing over with some other people. I don't have it in front of me, sorry. Uh, at at uh, Dark Horse, every issue of this has been a whole big ball of uh, post World War One vampire fun. Uh, there's there's nothing that hasn't been great about anything of these books. It's almost like it's just like it's it's like oh Mignola. Like in his in his best, uh, really, you know, without being tied down to that whole thing that, that's going on in Hellboy or anything like that. It's just this badass Lord Baltimore, and it's a lot of fun. I don't think it's Lord Baltimore. I think that's a different character. I think yeah, that's uh, I think that's <laughs> or a real person. Yeah, I forget, I but whatever. It's great. Uh, and there, there's there's dead Nazis in this, except they're vampires. So many Nazis in comics. Uh, Why are they, well, I mean, that that's Mignola's. That's yeah, a true. Yeah, he's he's had the corner market on Nazis for years. So the corner market. <laughs> yeah, you know it's, it's down <laughs> on the corner. It's all the Nazis. Yeah, it's in the Nazi district <laughs> on sixth and thirty fifth. <laughs> Nazi district. It's very that's small. That's the worst thing you said today. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's not. You a think very... about what it means. <laughs> oh God, that was awful. I think I think whatever it is that you think I said, it was just a mistake <laughs> or a, a random coincidence. He was a couple of blocks away, Connor. Give him that. Give him that much credit. <laughs> I, I don't. Oh, that's awful. Anyway, so those are the comics that came out this week. Uh, if you go to ifanboy.com, you can see all ifanboy.com slash comics. You can see all the comics that came out. You can do your pull list, and you can rate and review your books. <laughs> and. Well, speaking of Nazis, um, John42, he reviewed Ultimate Comics Thor number one. He gave a story of four out of five. The art of five out of five. And the time of recording, 7.7% of the population made this a pick of the week. And John42 says, the opening eight pages of Ultimate Comics Thor achieve a miraculous superhero sequential rhythm that I haven't felt since the first three pages of All-Star Superman. Hickman and Pacheco deal out panels and words with pulsing momentum from the opening battle cry. Do you lack faith, brother, or, or do you believe... Through the Ragnarok splash to the title page, the team behind this book, Vines on Inks, Delgado on Colors, cow, Cowls on Letters, deliver a perfect comic timing. And this issue, this was great. Were there Nazis in this? The, oh, yeah. This was a fantastic. First, this was fantastic. This made me think, even though it's a miniseries, unless the regular Thor knocks me out of my socks next week, I'm going to drop that because I'm going to be buying this and buying the, uh, the other Thor book. I don't need three Thor books. Wow. Um, in this issue... It, it's there's a little bit in the present, but most of it's in the past, dealing with the Na- the Nazis under uh, Baron Zemo, who's he's leading a, 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 a army of Nazis. They're going to invade um, Asgard. Just, I mean, wow. I told you a lot of Nazis this week. I mean, I, but I know, but every time I think that I'm like, well, that must be all the Nazis that we have to talk about. No, no, no. he can't. A lot of Nazis. He can't, he can't keep those Nazis down. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep coming back. Something else, at least in the comic book universe, they're plucky. Um, can, I, can I say, just I'm going to try to derail whatever's going on over there. Uh, I love, I love the Ultimate Thor design. Yes. Yes. It's probably it's, one of the best modern Thor designs around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I really like actually the current Thor design in the in the in the Marvel universe too. But mm-hmm. I I really like the the because you know it's very different. No cape. No helmet. Whole, yeah. yeah. Weird. And so this issue, there's they they flash back where the frost giants are constantly attacking the walls of Asgard, and Thor and Loki and Balder and all those guys are constantly fighting them back. And this issue, 
while that's going on, Baron Zemo, he's found a bunch of relics that will open up the Rainbow Bridge because, as everyone knows, who knows, the Nazis were historically were very into into the mystical arts. They're always trying to, you know, Hitler believed in in that stuff and he was in, in real life. So that's why they use it all the time in comics. And that's why it works in the story. So he found the way to open the Rainbow Bridge and they're going to uh, go in and attack Asgard. And uh, so there's lots of parallel storytelling going on. And it's not this is this Hickman not doing huge giant ideas and, and, and lots of talking. This is this is pure action adventure Hickman. Mm-hmm. And he's really well suited for the Asgardian way of talking. And at the very end, we see Odin has directed his personal um, blacksmith. He's creating Mjolnir. Because in the battle scene, I didn't realize Thor was wielding a sword. Nice. Um, so the, in, at, the end, at the end here, he's creating the ultimate weapon, um, right as Baron Zemo is set to attack Asgard with some frost giant buddies. But it's really, really good. I like this a lot. Cool. Nice. Uh, Joe Com read Orc Stain number five, giving the story a five out of five and the art a five out of five. That's very high. Your pick of the week percentage at this time is 2.9%. That's quite high for a book. Are there like Nazis this. in Orc Stain? <laughs> no. <laughs> Are we sure? That I'm would not, be awesome I'm, if it were. We, should we do this then? <laughs> anyway, Joe Com says, Orcs are filthy creatures, but that doesn't stop them from being a fantastic comic book. I find myself loving Orcstain more and more with each story as the plot gets deeper and crazier. Not only that, but I find myself actually laugh out loud while reading this book, something few books on the shelves have been able to do. This is an all-around fun book to read and should be talked about more because Stoko is putting it all into his work. Plus, it has Nazis. I added that last sentence just now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's funny because he, you know, he mentioned how you know Stoko should be, um, um, uh, you know, heralded, and we should talk about this book more. We haven't talked about it as much on the show. I don't know what, why, or what for what reason. But I'm, are you reading it? Oh, I'm reading every issue and loving it. I love Orkstein. So it's your fault. Orkstein is fantastic. Apparently, it is my fault. But um, Orkstein is fantastic. It just it's so crazy in that like, you know, in in that. I want to say I want to liken it to like like the, in the same in the same way that everybody looks back on the old like crazy 70s 60s Doctor Strange psych- psychedelic stuff. This is just out there. Like it's totally like you need to you know it, it helps if you play D and D or World of Warcraft or know what orcs are and stuff like that. But it's just so wacky and just so borderline psychedelic. It's it's it's. I thought you were gonna say you need to do drugs. I re- I thought you were like you need to read it just fucking baked. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's really it's really good. So um, definitely check out Orc Sand when it when it gets collected in trade because it's it, and it looks beautiful stoko's art is so good oh he's so good so. do kids still say baked i don't know is that <laughs> am i dating myself there i don't know is that a marijuana cigarette son it's grass more work <laughs> what oh sorry <laughs> so there a second there <laughs> so yeah so go to comics do your pull list write reviews we'll read them on the show all right <laughs> more work if you listen to this show <clears throat> and our, I'm getting emotional now. I'm going to bring <laughs> it down. Up the Nazis. <laughs> if, you, if you listen to the show and our other many, many podcasts and video shows and the, and the like every week, you might find yourself wondering, how can I help and support the show? How can I help the guys? How can I help them provide help them help me provide hours of free entertainment and make my comic book experience better? Well, easy. You can click on the banners on the website. You can you can check out the sponsors. You can do all those pe- help the people out that help us out by just clicking around and looking at their products. You can go to ifanboy.com slash Amazon where you can make all your Amazon purchases. Just click on the Powered by Amazon button. It takes you right to the website. Everything you buy there, we get a little t- tiny piece of and no cost to you. You can check out the shirts available at ifanboy.com slash store. There's the Fear Agent shirt. There's a relative small handful of Battle Pug shirts. There's um, Power Responsibility shirts. There's all kinds of things you can check out there. And But the best way to do that is become an iFanboy member. And how you do that is at $4 a month or $42 a year, 
you get an iFanboy prize pack with uh, some stickers, some buttons, a comic from our collection, or you can get the $10 a month, $100 a year level, and that gives you all that stuff plus a t-shirt and all that plus our internal gratitude, and you become our favorite people. We, we love our members. So that's how you help out the show. That's how you help us out. If you like, like the show want to keep us going, um, please sign up for membership. It's, it's really nice. Yes. Costs one, one bad comic a month. Plus, you become eligible for our many, many giveaways. We'll be doing one of those again this week. We've been doing them all month. We've been doing all the rest of the month. And the only way to win things is to be a member. Indeed. So thank you to all the members. And we'll be announcing our winners later in the show. We just can't stop giving stuff away. So... All right, on to the email. Um, our first email is from Dave Carr, who says that all four seasons of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman, are streaming on Netflix. There's been a lot of talk about the veracity and usefulness of the aspirational characters of late, especially in light of JMS's impending run on Wonder Woman and Soups. I thought you might be interested in posting, tweeting something about it. The series, while not perfect, offers a lot, a lot to like and certainly helped me appreciate the character when the series a- aired. John Shea plays a damn fine Luther, too. So, yeah, we're not going to post or tweet about it. We're going to talk about it, Dave. There you wow, go. they're going the extra mile. Yeah. Um, I loved Lois and Clark. <clears throat> I, yep. I, I, I watched it when it was on broadcast. It was great. Well, at least the f- – I don't remember – I remember the first season was really good. Yeah. No, I, thought, uh, I enjoyed the whole the whole run. I mean, and yes, John Shea, John Shea stole the show as Luther. He was a great Luther. He was a great Luther, and they did the uh, going against the grain. They didn't have the bald Luther. Which yes. I, well, I think he went bald later in the show. He went bald very towards yeah. the end. Maybe not yeah. the very end. Maybe the the, la- the last half. But yeah. the, I remember the first season was all controversial because it was a you know flowingly maimed John Shea. I I, th- I felt as if the show was very much. Um, I don't want to say it was a little a little more modern then, but I felt it was rooted more Silver Age. Then you know, like it was definitely. Yeah, it was more a bit goofier. They it played a lot for laughs. There was a lot of comedy in the show. Yeah. Um, Clark was Clark was sort of the better looking one. He had the the floppy hair, where supposedly you know in the comics, Clark slicks the hair back, puts the glasses on. And in the show, they had Clark with the uh, flowing hair because it was more about Clark. It was more out of the costume than in the costume. Yeah, yeah he he was a little goofy in the costume to be honest. But yeah, yeah. Um, no, but it was a good show. I remember because Dean Cain's like four foot five. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember I hated Jimmy though. Yeah, I uh, I, I had every episode on VHS for a while. <laughs> I was taping it every week. Oh, God. Wow. Because there hadn't been a major TV show featuring superheroes in, True, since, yeah. since it was like, on for Flash. A while. It was on for a really long time, wasn't it? It went, it went through most of the 90s. It was on for four seasons. Four seasons? That's a long time. It's half the decade. Nearly. It's half. It's ha- It's a long time for that show. Yeah, so totally. I, I, you know, as a comic fan, I was super excited for it, so I, t- I remember taping the first season. Yeah. Um, but you know, but that said, I mean, I mean, I think it, I, I think it definitely, like you said, it played up to the laughs, but it also played up to the hopefulness and the the making the world a better place kind of thing. Like every, like it, it was very more sunshiny. It was a very bright show. You know? Yes. Um, you know whether or not JMS is pulling from that in in his current run of Superman or not, I don't think so. He's not. <laughs> He's. <laughs> He's not doing anything, actually. <laughs> what, yeah. what is Dean Cain doing these days? Oh yeah, he's appearing in Cincinnati in the Superman Day Parade. He's a uh, he's a he's a has been. Yeah, anyway. there it is. I said it outright. <laughs> so if you have any... like Dean Cain is the, like the definition of a has been. He had it for just right? a Jeez. little bit. Jeez, harsh. He, was he played in the NFL. He got hurt. He went to acting. He did that for a while. Really? He, he was a football player. Yeah, he played for the Bills. And he was four foot nine. I don't I know. Have you know that he? Um... Next guy's from Buffalo. That's crazy. He's he's been quite busy, that's for sure. He's in a bunch been, of Lifetime movies. He was in. Um, he's done a lot of voiceover work. He's done some TV movies. The Dog Who Saved Christmas. The Three Gifts. Um, <laughs> Things that like have a vaguely Jesus message. He was, he was on an episode of CSI Miami. He was on an episode of Smallville. 
Um, yeah, he anybody was small... who ever had anything to do with Superman's been on an episode of Smallville at this point. He's, he's, Dan Jurgens he probably works, had a cameo. He works regularly. Yeah, he he's does. A, he's busy. He does work yeah. regularly. Um, he's not in big things, but he's, he's constantly working. I see him on TV a lot. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for some sort of movie or something that I recognize. Wow, IMDb's new layout has got a lot to be. Sucks. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the list. It was all yeah. right there. Yep, exactly. <laughs> uh. So if you have any questions or uh, want to suggest things for us to talk about, you can shoot us an email at contact at ifanboy.com. But now we've got some voicemails. It's been a while since we've been some voicemails, so we're going to do a couple here. Um, our first voicemails uh, got a question about a uh, second time around of reading a book. Hey, fanboys. This is uh, Jack from New Orleans calling to ask you a quick question. Last night, I couldn't get to sleep, so I pulled a book off my shelf, and I decided I was going to read the Infinity Crisis hardcover. Um, I'm sorry, not Infinity, Identity Crisis hardcover. And um, while I was reading it, the difference between the last time I read it and reading it now is I've been married for a couple of years at this point. We're expecting our first child. So I went ahead and started reading it, and I couldn't put it down. I read through the whole thing, and at the end of it, I completely lost my shit. I actually wound up, it was about 1230 at night, and I had to go wake my wife up to talk to her, to make sure to do the whole, you know, I don't tell you very often, blah, 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 blah. I was wondering if there's any book that affected any of you differently, maybe the second time you read it, maybe the first time you read it and it just really grabbed you in a way that you weren't expecting. Thanks a lot. That is a thing that actually comes up a lot because um, we buy a lot of stuff and, and there's a lot, a lot of stuff that I get to reread and I, some stuff I just ended up having because I thought I was supposed to have it and I read it the first time and I didn't, didn't click. Um, I'm thinking of uh, right off the top of my head, like uh, the first time I read Blankets, I was like, hmm. And then the second time I read, I liked it a lot more. Um, I think I've got a lot of stuff by Alan Moore that uh, I read once because I was like, I should read this. It's totally what I should be reading now. And I didn't really like it. And then later, you know, years later, you go back and you sort of read it through one more time. I remember liking The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen immensely more the second time that I read it. A lot more. Uh, I've got Promethea here because I'm about to do the same thing with that. Um, even even something like Starman, uh, reading it through the second time, uh, I liked it a lot more. There was just a lot more there. Even like even stuff that I, I did like a lot. The second time I read it, I loved it even more. I think I think of Preacher when I think of that because the second time I read it, I was like, oh my, God, this is you know even better than I remembered. For me, most recently it was Scott Pilgrim. I mean, like it, it, as cheesy as that sounds, but like I I had read each of the volumes just one time through, mm-hmm. and then when the movie came out, I went back and read it again, and like I just remember like giggling through the first like three at how you know just revisiting how great it was and in the con- admittedly caught up in the moment and all that sort of stuff but but <laughs> but definitely got a, a a revisiting vibe off of it you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. recently i had the opposite happened a little bit so? a little bit i i've been reading through my powers hardcovers yeah. a little more not as good and it's not as good as i remember sometimes some of it there's bits of it that are i'm like oh that's really good but some of it is a little bit like like we we've been watching Bendis do this for so long that, yeah. like it was kind of impressive when they first. Also, the lettering was really bad. Ooh, it was. Yeah. It, it it was not good. Uh, <laughs> someone's gonna get an email. Yeah, someone's definitely gonna get an email now. <laughs> no, 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 it's not him. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, okay. no, because he does it now and it's really good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he oh, he didn't always do it, did he? No, he did not. Right. And at first, oh, yeah. it, I mean, granted, it was a gargantuan job. Yeah. 
to be given to do the lettering on that. But I just it was like there's parts of it that were really good, but but uh, sort of near the end of the second hardcover, I was like, oh, there's some really good things happening here. It's some of that I understood better, but just uh, it wasn't it didn't blow me away the same way that it did once. Um, but it, it's a simpler time. All right, our next voicemail's uh, got a question about relationships. Hey, fanboys, this is Carl from Florida, and I have a, I have a strange question. Uh, what comic book characters do you think have a strange relationship? Uh, for me personally, it's kind of unsettling to see the ultimate versions of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, or really even their mainstream versions. I have two sisters, and our relationships are not like that. It's a little too close for comfort, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, yeah, so what characters do you think have just a strange relationship? Uh, also, side note, uh, who am the strongest one there is? Just just curious. All right. Have a good one, guys. Bye. He's trying to bite me. I can hear it. <laughs> I well, think, you, I think, God, I think it's Oak. <laughs> um, so I think, uh, Carl, I think there's a, uh, an important distinction that you might not have had pointed out to you, which I think we probably will do you a service to point out to you, is that these characters are not real. Yeah, I bet you and your sisters aren't mutants. Right? Yeah, exactly. And Dad was not a victim of the hey, hey, oh, Nazis, Nazis. Nazis. There it is. But um, but yeah. So I, I definitely don't think that the 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 ultimate uh, portrayal of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch is anything to measure normal relationships in real life by. So um, they're they're also they're intentionally vaguely incestuous. That's a choice they made for the, the ultimate character sets. I mean, Jeff Loeb. Yeah, great. it's not like it's uh. Is Miller. It's not like it was, um, you know, you could read into it. They did that on purpose to make it weirder. Yeah. Um, I never. Comic books get extreme. What can we say? I I never trusted Tony Stark and James Rhodes' relationship. (laughs) 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 All right. Moving on. What about Scarlet Witch and the Vision? I mean, he's a robot. That's true, but he does have a soul. Or he did have a soul. Bucky? And anybody? Uh, Exactly. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. That, I don't trust that guy as far as I can throw his robot arm. <laughs> All right, our last voicemail has got a question about our video show. Hi, fanboy. This is Rob from Gilbert, Arizona. Uh, I've been watching you on my Roku on Revision 3 for the last two years, and I was dismayed to hear that uh, you would no longer be on Revision 3, and I was wondering if you will be uh, streamed on any other services like Mediafly or uh, I believe it's Blip. So uh, let me know. Thank you. Well, first off, thanks for watching, and thanks to everybody who's been watching our video show. If if you're not aware of what uh, he's referring to, we posted on the site this week, and we mentioned on the podcast last week that we are uh, we are moving on from our relationship with Revision Three, but that doesn't mean that our video show is going anywhere. Uh, Guys, that was a big decision to make, which is because I had the week off. You could have at least talked to me about it. (laughs) I know we probably should have consulted. Tom thought it was a good idea. Yeah, Tom approved it. Um, But anyway, so so, uh, but but we do have good news for you, Rob, in that we will be available on Roku again. don't don't have all the details immediately, but once it's all plugged up, plugged plugged in and working, we will let you know. Keep your eye out on ifanboy.com, and we will uh, let make sure everyone is aware of it. But yeah, the goal is to get the video show available everywhere it was previously, as well as even more new exciting places. So um, yes, you will be watching us on Roku again in the future. So there's going to be a regular Wednesday viewing party at Josh's place yes. every Wednesday. Yes, indeed. Bring but chips. as long as everybody's very quiet, as long as it's after <laughs> seven, I'm fine. With that. So if you have any questions, you want to leave a voicemail, call us at one eight 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 fanboys. It's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. October is another giveaway month at iFanboy for iFanboy members. You've got to be a member to be eligible for giveaways. We've been doing them every week. We're doing them for another couple of weeks. I think ending on Halloween. 
Mm. But when we say ending, we'll probably just have some more later. Right. This particular one will be ending on Halloween. The show is ending on Halloween. <gasps> yeah. Let's just let's just start saying things like that. <laughs> um, so this week's prize is the Marvel and DC prize package. It's a bunch of random Marvel and DC trades, including Batwoman, Planetary Volume Four, Gears of War Volume One, Revolver, Trick or Treat, Hulk, Fall of the Hulks, Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Big in Japan, Criminals Volume One and Two. So you're getting a whole bunch of trades there. And the winner of that prize pack is Carly Curran. Carly Curran is our winner. She's going to be getting this prize pack in the mail at some point in a few weeks. Congratulations. Congratulations. And she's got, she was a member. That's yes, how she, she won. Was. So become a member to be eligible, and maybe you can win. We've got some more. We've got a 2080 prize pack coming up next week. And the week after that is the big sort of grand prize, my mystery long box prize pack, which I have to give an update on before we go. I bagged and boarded all the comics this, this past week. You may have seen me tweeting about some of the books that I was discovering. And if you saw the video show where I showed the box off, some of those books didn't make it into the box because once I bagged and boarded everything, they all didn't fit in the box anymore. How did you choose what made it in and what didn't make it in? Uh, one, I pulled out the run of Aquaman because it wasn't complete. Okay. There was a missing issue. The first issue was missing. I don't know where the first issue is. The first issue is somewhere. I didn't want to give somebody a, a, an incomplete run when everything else there was, in, was complete. Right. And I pulled out a run of Valor okay. from the 90s because I, I thought some of the other stuff was more interesting or more fun. Yeah. So... So you're getting a full to the to the bursting long box. It just couldn't fit everything in there once it was all bagged and boarded. Because when you bag and board your comics, you can fit less of them into a long box. So there you go. And that's not the only giveaway we're doing. Uh, Josh, you have stuff to give away. Yeah, you may remember if you've been on the website, we are, we uh, <clears throat> we have an up a giveaway from AllPosters.com. They have launched a uh, Marvel collection, and they're doing these um, Gicle. Prints, I believe, is the French for it. Uh, they're these super high quality prints, um, and, and, and I've seen them up close. Like they're as good as a print can be, and and they're uh, they have a classic Marvel collection. So there's all this stuff from like images from 60s and 70s Marvel, and there's tons of stuff on there. You go to allposters.com and you can you can see what's there. Uh, but they have offered kindly to donate a print. Of your choice. So it's any of the things that are on there. And I'm saying like there's like Ramita Spider-Man and Kirby Captain America and Hulk, uh, Busama Hulk, things like that, up to I think 30 by 40. Uh, Which is size. huge. That's, awesome. That's huge. Uh, you could you could uh, you can get them framed. Um, I, they've sent a couple to me so I can see what they look like. And they are gorgeous. This is like like. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> how, 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 they sent a couple to you? I should have shown you that when you came over. Yeah, you should have. What was it? What was up with that? Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, I don't have one. All I know is that when Josh got them, he, he came over the, the day after and he couldn't stop talking about how awesome they were. It really gorgeous stuff. So also, if, if you don't win, uh, you really should check it out because they're cool because they, they really like to make good art to put on your wall because it's not they, like – Where can they check it out? Allposters.com. All right. So who won? Uh, the winner is – Ron Ronald. Richards. I mean, <laughs> it is Ronald Buckman. All right. Is that Excellent. a fake name? Is that just you, Ron? No, it's not. I wish it was. I wish I was that clever. So uh, <laughs> you, you can go there and check it out. I'll I'll, uh, I'll email you. We'll we'll send you what you need to know to get you to claim your prize. Um, but uh, it's it's a good prize. Uh, I think I think that's worth. It's like a hundred bucks for the thirty by forty one. So that's it's awesome. That's that's a great prize, Ronald. Great. I, I I I envy you. So wait a minute. Your name is Ron wait B. Richards. <laughs> 
Are you Ron Buckman Richards? No, I wish. Anyway, um, why? Cool. So be sure to go. To <laughs> I just say yes, and we wouldn't even check. We just give it to you. Be sure yeah. to go to ifanboy.com/store and sign up to become a member. That's how you can be eligible to win all these awesome giveaways. Um, in the meantime, over at ifanboy.com, we've got even more podcasts than this good one that you're listening to. We got the ifanboy don't miss podcast, where every week we talk to a creator about a book that's coming out. Uh, last week we talked to Fred Van Lente about Chaos War, which was very, very good. By the way, I picked up. He's he's um, happy. Yeah, he's very peppy, isn't he? He's very excitable. Um, this uh, this coming week, we're taking a week off. Don't miss because uh, Mr. Our, our... I'll, I'll tell you why. Because uh, you can't do interviews with creators when they're all in one place walking around drunk. Exactly. Or, <laughs> well, or, sh- or traveling en route to that place. or And especially uh, considering Neesman is on his way to New York as well, and he's probably drunk already. So um, I think we should just – Say, you know, from now on, normally if there's a big con, there won't be a don't miss episode. Exactly. Monday so, after. Fair enough. Um, but we do want to keep you entertained. And so uh, this past week, we released a Talksplode where about the Superman Batman Apocalypse DVD release. Connor, I believe you and Paul, and who else? Me and Paul and Ryan and Chris talked about. Uh, Chris was sober. I yes. Think. I think. Thank no, he wasn't. He wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't because we recorded the day he does 11 o'clock. Oh, there you go. So, so uh, yeah, so go back in the feed if you didn't catch that or go to ifanboy.com and, and take a listen to that. And then this coming week, we've got a very extra long talk explode that Josh did with uh, writer Scott Snyder of American Vampire and Detective Comics. So uh, Really good conversation. Yeah, that's definitely one to, to look out for. So. Um, and you can find all that stuff at ifanboy.com, which is where you can also find my Pick of the Week review about Uncanny X-Force number one, as well as all the other great articles and posts that are there throughout the week. And uh, Josh, is, Josh Richardson's been coming in with a lot of video game stuff recently, and Ryan and Molly and Mike Romo and Jimski and Paul and everything like that. It's, it's a, it's a, I can admit, I'm biased, but I do enjoy visiting our own website because the content, I think, is really good. I think uh, you just missed Wood. Yeah, Wood, oh, Wood's back. And, Jason Wood's back with his financial stuff. Yeah, and Allie, because yes. you named everybody else, so I just have to name right. the people that yes. were left. <laughs> and, and Josh. Tom. Yep. So see how we did it for each other. Yeah, yeah. that's very nice. You. So uh, if you go to <laughs> ifanboy.com, <laughs> if you go to ifanboy.com, you can check all that stuff out. Go to ifanboy.com/about to see all of our social network links, and you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com/ifanboy. You can. E- <laughs> I don't know what any of this has to do with Nazis. Nazis. You can email us at contact.ifanboy.com. Leave us a voicemail at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. Any questions, comments, concerns, discussion topics. We'll use them on this show or sometimes the video show or sometimes we'll use them on the letter column every Friday on ifanboy.com. If you, if you Nazi us, write a review in iNazi. Wow. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to take that back. Yeah. I, I wonder if there's an app. I think maybe you should um, stop from the Nazi stuff after earlier. It's kind of hard now because yeah. I'm tired well, yeah. and it's just mm-hmm. – yeah. If you like the show, write a review in iTunes. This is going to be like the, I can't believe you think Nazis are funny. Uh, <laughs> people don't. suffered. I know. It's okay. Uh, Chaplin did it. Uh, write a review in iTunes or better yet, tell everybody that you know who might like the show or even who don't. Force people who don't want to listen to listen to it and, and we'll, we'll win them over yeah. like, we, like we won each other over eventually. So um, we should also mention that this past weekend was the New York Comic Con, and we just want to thank everybody who came by our booth or said hello to us at the show or came to the party at Bergen Street. Um, you know, definitely had a great time this weekend, so we want to thank everybody uh, for coming out, and hopefully uh, there were no disasters that we don't know about because we're recording before the con happens. So. I love I love the, this weird time warp phenomena that happens yeah. when we record before the thing happens. There's always the fingers crossed hoping that something horrible hasn't gone down. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. we're all like, wow, it was great when Stan Lee died on camera. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> well, you just beat what I said. <laughs> All right. Well, so thank you, everybody. We hope you had a good time at the con, and we'll see you next year at the conventions because uh, we are done for this year. <laughs> thank God. So, all right. So until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. I'm actually going to be going to Josh Con. It takes place in the bathroom. <laughs> I don't need a lanyard or anything. <laughs> Guys, don't wear one.